Blog Talk Radio. to the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. Here we are again, talking about our favorite way to fly, Eastern Airlines. The November, in November, it will be our 10th year anniversary, talking about Eastern with our blog talk website and the radio show. And it continues strong, and it's catching on around the world. We've identified over 50 countries that have been listening to our broadcast. Thanks to the listeners in these countries and many others, we can say we truly are the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. My name is Neil Holland, the producer of the show, and along with hosts from many different areas in the U.S., we say welcome to our Eastern world. Now let's get the show in the air. Chuck Albright, our announcer, I will introduce you to the rest of the hosts. Chuck, it's all yours. Hello, Eastern family and friends. As our producer said, we're glad you're with us. For more Eastern talk, news, information, my name's Chuck Albright, and I'm coming to you from the village of Florida. Our producer, Captain Neil, is in St. Augustine, and our hosts are scattered all over the country. Jim and Carrie Holder live in the Atlanta area. Mike Scott in the New York area out on Long Island with George Jen, I believe, and Colleen DeFleece and Wesley, Wessel, Wesley Chapel, Florida, just north of Tampa, and Don and Dorothy Gagnon and in the northern part of the villages here in Florida. Mark Parter, he said down in the Miami area. Mr. Producer, if you see any of our other regulars, please let me know. Well, well our, all our guests, welcome and thank you for listening and calling the show for over the past nine years plus. You've truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. We love to hear your comments and share your memories with the radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called the show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611. Just say hello. Talk to us on the air live every Monday evening. Many of our listeners choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on their home page at www.easternradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Now remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free. Use our call-in number, 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me repeat the number so you can write it down for your Monday night visit, 213-816-1611. By the way, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing. We're now up to 1,040 in the Eastern family and friends. Don't forget, you can listen to any of our 454 Monday night broadcasts and 100-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E. And scrolling down through the archives of our broadcasts. Each episode is briefly described, and we're nearing that 600 episode. Now, boy, that's really getting along. 
And all because of the listeners like you wanting to talk about Eastern Airlines. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live to with our hosts, we ask you to please mute your phone, as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noise, such as barking dogs and slamming doors and ice cubes and beverages and ringing phones. That's why we put the mute feature on the phone. Now, let's see. We're, uh, well, we're number one for takeoff. So, Captain, let's get flight 456 in the air. Tower Blur is 
And I took a fast ship off the line I made that first bank without trouble And I brought her back upright just fine So I sped up the ship without thinking I hit number two on the wing The CO chewed me out while I staggered about I learned about flying from him I handled the and the rudder I've flown quite a lot in my time And I've had a good share of instructors And some of them even were fine But take this straight dope from a flyer Go out with the Navy to see For the ships they got there can land most anywhere So learn about flying from me Unlike my learning days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Brand was born to a Jewish family in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, February 7, 1920. As a young man, Oscar lived in Borough Park, Brooklyn, and graduated from Brooklyn College with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. In his long career, he played alongside such legends of folk music as Lead Belly, Woody Guthrie, Woody Josh Guthrie. White, Gene Ritchie, The Weavers, and Pete Seeger. He wrote a various he wrote various books on the folk songs and folk song collections. Don? Yeah, thank you, Harry. Getting back to the great generation of World War II, the big bands grew out of jazz music of the nineteen twenties and consisted of a mixed of improvised and written sets. The standard arrangement for a big band was a 17-piece orchestra, typically five saxophones, four trumpets, four trombones, and a four-piece rhythm section. I know about that. By the early 30s, swing became its own style, played by the bands that were written by the artists such as Duke Ellington, Jimmy Lunsford, and Cab Calloway. <clears throat> Swing is distinguished primarily by a strong rhythm section and a medium-fast tempo and a unique swing style. By 1935, roughly two-thirds of American households owned radios. Thus, swing music quickly grew in popularity outside of the nightclubs. Many bands produced records and names such as Glenn Miller, Benny Goodman, and Archie, Artie Shaw, household staples. But swing didn't stop with the music. Swing dancing grew alongside it. Dance halls and clubs were filled with jitterbuggers <laughs> performing the Lindy Hop, Balboa, and the Shag. We all remember some of those. Now, Glenn Miller's In the Mood, recorded in 1940, was a popular tune that stormed the airwaves and permanent clubs and dance halls. Colleen? Thanks. Uh, when the United States entered the war in 1941, swing music went to war, too. <laughs> Jazz music provided comfort for families at home and soldiers abroad. Many musicians were drafted into the military and took their music with them. Some of them led military jazz bands that traveled the world to boost the morale of troops. And then there was Oscar Brand, with his songs about airplanes, flight operations, control towers, paratroopers, and other elements of war. Mr. Producer, give me operations. No, don't give me a P-38. The props, they counter-rotate. They're scattered and sitting from Burma to Britain. Don't give me a P-38. No, give me operation. Way out of some lonely at For I am too young to die. I just want to roll. And don't give me a P-39. The engine is mounted behind. She'll tumble and spin, she'll auger you in 
Don't give me a P-39. No! Give me operations way out of some lonely It's a hell of an airplane, I know. She's a ground-looping bastard, and you're sure to get blasted. Don't give me a Peter Foro. No! Give me operations way out of some lonely asshole. For I am too young to die. I just want to grow old. Don't give me an 8060 with rockets, radar, and ABs. She's fast, I don't care, she blows up in midair. Don't give me an 8060. No! Give me operations. Way out on some lonely airport. For I am too young to die. I just want to grow old. And don't give me an F84. She's just a ground loving whore. She'll whine and she'll wheeze and make straight for the trees. Don't give me an F-84. No! Give me operations. Way out of some lonely at For I am too young to die. I just want to grow. No! <laughs> Rand was known for composing catchy and themed folk songs. He hosted the radio show, Oscar Brand's Folk Song Festival, on Saturdays at 10 p.m. on WNYC AM 820 in New York City, which ran into its 70th year. The show ran more or less continuously since its debut on December 10, 1945, making it the longest-running radio show with the same host according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Over its run, it introduced such talents to the world as Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, Woody Guthrie, Arlo Guthrie, Huddy Ledbetter, Joni Mitchell, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Judy Collins, the Kingston Trio, Pete Seeger, and the Weavers. In order to make sure that his radio program could not be censored, he refused to be paid by WNYC for the next 70 years. Mike? Yes, thanks. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Other popular brands entertained our troops. Glenn Miller entered the Army in the fall of 1942 and was placed in the Army Air Force. Initially, he played trombone for, for a 15-piece dance band at Maxwell Field in Alabama. Miller was then allowed to form a large military marching band from which they drew musicians to form a smaller service uh, bands, orchestras. Many of them were featured on the CBS radio's weekly service band broadcast, quote, I Sustain the Wings, end quote. In 1944, Miller got permission to form a 50-piece band, the Army Air Force Band, and go to England to perform for troops. They gave about 800 performances, and on December 15, 1944, Miller was to fly from England to Paris to play for the soldiers on that continent. His flight disappeared over the English Channel, and Miller was declared missing in action. And then there was Oscar Brand and his song about the control tower. Mr. Producer, do you have this uh, I Tasky Yuki tower? I believe that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Suzuki Tower, this is Air Force 801. I'm turning on the downwind leg, my prop has overrun. My coolant's overheated, case says one to one. You'd better call the crash crew out and get them on the run. Air Force 801, this is the Tower. We cannot call a crash crew, cause this is coffee hour. You're not cleared in the pattern, now that is plain to see. Just take her once around again, we've got a VIP. Itazuki Tower, this is Air Force 801. I'm turning on my final, I'm running on one lung. I'm gonna land this Mustang, no matter what you say. I'm gonna get my chart squared up before that judgment day. 
Air Force 801, this is a Zuki Tower. We'd like to let you in right now, but we haven't got the power. We'll send a note through channels and wait for the reply. Until we get permission back, just chase around the sky. It's a Zuki Tower, this is Air Force 801. I'm calling you from heaven, and my flying days are done. I'm sorry that I blew up, I couldn't make the grade. I guess I should have waited till the landing was okay. musician and band leader who joined the military during the war. He enlisted in the Navy and formed a band that served in the Pacific Theater. His band played for sailors and Marines as much as four times a day, all around the Pacific for 18 months. Shaw returned afterwards physically exhausted and was mentally discharged, no doubt. <laughs> for the soldiers and sailors, airmen, and Marines who were not able to listen to live music, the U.S. War Department, collaborating with various recording companies, shipped D-Disc, V for Victory, shipped them overseas. Many popular singers, big bands, and officers of the era, they recorded special V-Disc records. And then there was Oscar Band again with this song about ground crews. them marching in formation, see them lining up in grade. Every day a new vacation, that's the ground crew on parade. Who inspects the plane each morning, fills the empty tanks at night, checks the engines while he's yawning, polishes the landing light, watches as the engines rev up, hears the motors purr with pride, worries cause he can't remember. Did he leave his tools inside? See them marching in formation. See them lining up in grade. Every day a new vacation. That's the ground crew on parade. We have got a little fellow that the others call the chief. If he lost his Air Force job, he'd have to go out on relief. Every month he signs a payroll, every month collects his pay. Then he goes in hibernation till the month has passed away. See them marching in formation, see them lining up in grade. Every day a new vacation, that's the ground crew on parade. When we're roaring high in cloudland, hear the engines wheeze and cough. Watch the wingtip crack and buckle, see the loosened prop fall off. Wonder if the flak that sends us crashing into land and sea Gets as many as the ground crew, aces for the enemy See them marching in formation, see them lining up in grade Every day a new vacation, that's the ground crew on parade Till we love the Air Force ground crew, bless their little simple hearts Jumping on our wings and motors, eagerly they do their part but if they make little errors, they don't do it out of spite. How we laugh as down we're crashing at the ground crew not too bright. See them marching in formation, see them lining up in grade. Every day a new vacation, that's the ground crew on parade. There were dozens of other hits, songs listened to by the military, American military members abroad and at home. The Andrews sisters originally recorded Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy in 1941 before the United States entered the war and introduced the song in the Abbott and Costello film, Buck Private. It became one of the iconic songs of World War II. Quote, we're making these V-discs just for you, end quote, the Andrews sisters say, addressing U.S. troops in the recording below. And along with them, we want to send all our loves and kisses. In 1942, Vera Lynn recorded, There Will Be Bluebirds Over the White Cliffs of Dover. 
The song was written by Walter Kent and Nat Burton before the United States entered the war. Germany had been bombing Great Britain in the 1940, the Battle of Britain, and the song looked forward to a time when peace would reign again in the skies over the cliffs of Dover. And then there was Oscar Brand again with this song about saving <laughs> a fighter you know what. <laughs>
as pleased as the mayor was to hear that Nazis had not infiltrated the municipal radio station. He was even more delighted to learn that Mr. Brand worked without pay. Oscar Brand died September 2016 and was 96 years old. Mike? Well, that completes the Oscar Brand portion of our show for tonight. And we have one more little ditty we think you might enjoy. Sometimes when learning to fly, our instructor gave us good advice that may or may not have stuck with you as a private pilot or as a pilot with an air transport pilot certificate with hundreds of hours or maybe thousands of hours. Many experienced pilots feel as though they are never too fast, never too slow, never too high, never too low. But then the situation arises when a good, the good advice comes jumping back into your memory. Go around. Mr. Producer, do you have that song? Go around. Well, there I was that one fine Sunday afternoon, just me and my airplane in a little airport we'd never been to before. We were on short final and nothing was looking right. I was seeing red over red and white over white. And I couldn't seem to remember how that saying went anyway, but I was staring straight down at the runway and all I could think of was I was setting myself up to ungraciously dismantle this perfectly good little airplane. And, and then off in the distance I heard a voice, and I think it was that of my flight instructor saying, you can always go around. You can always go around if it don't look right coming down. Don't wait until your sidewalk lies on the ground. You can always go around. I know back when when I learned to fly, my instructor was yelling in my ear. Power in, car peak cold, climb out pitch, flap to go, take it round the patch one more time again. But I know now, he was showing me that just because I know the pointing down, if it doesn't look right, give it one more try, you can always. Because they were designed yeah. to have you all 
uh, singing along with the uh, Oscar brand and that last song. I like that last song. Very, very peppy. Yeah, it's, uh, we've gone mm-hmm. around, haven't we, in our day? Those pilots that are hosting tonight, can I ask yeah. any of you guys, have you gone around? George Jen, Jim Holder, Mike Scott, Neil Holland, Don Gagnon, have you ever had the occasion to go around? Who's going to... Who's going yes, to admit it? Yes, we have. <laughs> I sure have, and we're proud to say that I did. <laughs> well, here's the question. Flying in L-1011, how much does it cost to go around? Uh, a lot less than it's cost to go off the end of the runway. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Anybody want to tell there? Yeah, that's right, Colleen. you got a pilot's license, don't you? No, I didn't get it, but I learned to fly. And you went around. No, it's like the rest of us. Oh, I went around, yeah. I went around a lot. <laughs> but I'll well. tell you this, though. Every, every time I had to go around, it wasn't my fault. I could blame it on somebody else <laughs> didn't get off the runway or something. You know, yeah. The wind was just terrible. Nobody could be landing in this. It's you, beat, you beat me to that excuse. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, had to do, I had to go around twice on one trip coming home on the shuttle from Boston. At LaGuardia, but it was because Twice. there was somebody on the runway. Two yeah. times. Uh-huh. After the second time, I said to the controller, somebody else. you know, we're going to do this again the next time or what? And the guy just left. <laughs> okay, let's see. I had to go around see. a deer on the runway. There you go, a deer on the runway. <laughs> uh, I've got to tell you mine, and, uh, of course, we've all had many of them in our experiences as pilots, uh, not only in airplanes, but uh, in simulators. We were always going around, and we were going around in a perfectly good airplane that had lost almost all of its engines, and we were going around single engine. You remember those days? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know whether you guys uh, took your flight check when you checked out as captain uh, in the airplane or in the simulator, because later on they were giving the ratings in the simulator. But my first checkout was in the 727, and and we did it uh, out there in the Everglades at that uh, uh, airport that was built to take training from the airlines in the Miami area. And uh, and we Dade, we did Dade County, yeah. Dade County, yeah. And we did the stalls and the steep turns. Yeah, there you go. Steep turns. But here was an occasion that I had in a 757. And I got pretty comfortable with that airplane, almost as comfortable with the 720 as the 727. But on a beautiful Sunday morning, not a cloud in the sky, uh, I was high. I used to like to fly the air airplane high and then pull the power off and try to make a dead stick landing. <laughs> but but uh, the first officer, never forget him, he said, uh, 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 you know that there's Washington National there, and are you going to be able to make it? I said, sure am. And I told him how I intentionally kept the airplane up high and, um, and then pulled the power off and came on down. And... Um, he said, you sure you're going to make it over the Wilson Bridge? Here I am, way, way too high. And uh, I'd probably land at 14th Street Bridge if I landed. And so I said, yep. And I put that 757. Now, we didn't have many people in the airplane. I put the airplane, pulled the power off, had the full flaps down, of course, and put that airplane in a side slip. And that airplane was coming down. It came down really good 1011 did too when you put the airplane in a slip and the <laughs> a300 did another one yeah, uh, when, it hit, did it also. when the when that air hits that fuselage that airplane's coming down but the problem was i wasn't coming down fast enough to make the runway so what happened go around <laughs> so the tower we we had a problem and we were going to go around so now Saying that and applying power and getting everything cleaned up, of course, the captain's got to tell the passengers in the back what happened. 
And of course, like I think George or Jim Holder uh, answered, uh, there was traffic on the runway, and he didn't get off on in time. Of course, we all lied about that. But uh, yeah. that was one time I got caught, and I was showing off, and um, the copilot didn't say anything. <laughs> he knew I bet better. He was he, he, yeah, he knew better. You I should have blamed it on him, Neil. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have. <laughs> copilot can't make it. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Long but, uh, sound the co-pilot. Yeah, but then they started putting go-around switches on these airplanes when you're making these category three, category two and three approaches, and you can't see anything, and they want you to hit those palm switches, and the airplane applies power, and and uh, you clean it up, and you go around, and. Uh, Beautiful performance by the 757 in doing that. 1011 did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, now what do you guys got to say about it? Well, I had a few myself. Uh, There's quite a few thrown in there. I can remember two uh, that, that were in, in the bad weather and pounding snow in St. Petersburg, Russia. I remember having to go around there. The approach didn't, when I broke out, I didn't like what I saw, so I went around. Same thing happened in Bologna, Italy, and then here in the states, I had a uh, had to go around twice at Boeing Field during the day VFR. Uh-huh. At one time there was a Cessna 182 still on the runway, and another time there was a Citation on the runway. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but I know we uh, we used to do that. Uh, you know, you're talking about 200 and a half was our uh, our minimums, and uh, a lot of times we would. Uh, uh, shoot a duck under a little more, but we used to do it in the simulator. But if you did a go around, if you if you ducked down to 100 feet, you actually did a touch on a seven two. You would do you would do a touch and go on a go around. <laughs> yeah. If you were over the runway. <laughs> we had an interesting story on the uh, Reaper Radio Hour uh, this past Thursday, and uh, it was called Blind Landings, and it was about the uh, old time pilots. The old Pelican pilots, as we called them, and uh, and how they took uh, a look. You remember, take a look, take a Go look, down and exactly. take a look, sneak a peek, sneak a peek. And it was an interesting story about uh, some of these guys way before the couple approaches and the uh, two hundred and a half. They would go all the way down to zero zero. And uh, a couple of the pilots were notorious for doing that. And, uh, well, any other comments about Oscar Brand? Do you like his music, his brand of music? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I tell you, in 1961 and 62, I was in the Air Force pilot training at Craig Air Force Base, Alabama, uh, a year. And I'll tell you, we sang all those songs you heard tonight, uh, <laughs> and about five or six or seven, eight more that we sang. Yeah. And we did that every Friday night in the Oscar Club, and Saturday night, uh, we did it again. You know, it was just part of learning to be a pilot in the Air Force to sing Oscar Brown's song, It Is Uzi yeah. Tower. Man, a million times we sang It Is Uzi Tower. <laughs> we never did figure out what's this so a nickel on the grass. Nobody knew what that was supposed to be. Save a fighter yeah, pilot's heart. Yeah. For two, I think. I don't know. <laughs> throw a nickel on the grass, save a fighter pilot's ass. Hell, I'd want to throw a dollar for me. <laughs> the more you, the more you drank, the better the songs were. Oh man, yeah. we were really good. About eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock at night, we were, we were up there with the angels. <laughs> Sunday morning, yeah. we didn't feel like singing. <laughs> George Jen, how was it over there at U.S. Air? Well, it was a lot quieter than it was at Eastern. You know, it was like a, a whole different brand of pilots over there. But uh, it was good. It, it was fun. You know, it was uh, very different, though. Very different. The whole, you know, the whole atmosphere, the whole, everything about the pilots was different than it was at Eastern, you know. Huh. I think by far, by far, Eastern, I mean, I was only at two airlines, but in my humble opinion, or not too humble opinion, Eastern 
had absolutely the best. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with it too. Venus, my dad worked there. <laughs> well, you know, Neil, when I went when I went to U.S. Air, you know, I, I was figured I'd start out on you know the DC nine or something like that. Uh, but they put me in, a, which at the time was their largest airplane. They had the last 10 727s that were built. And uh, they uh-huh. put me right in the right seat of the 727. And I said, well, you know, this is the, the big high-paying airplane. Why, why are you putting me in here? Well, because the captains are either very senior or very, very junior. And the junior guys got about one-third of the time in the airplane that you have. So we figured you knew what, what you were doing more than they did. I mean, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. Because, <laughs> you know, the guys, the guys were upgrading there in like four or five years, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a surplus of pilots now, I guess. Oh, sure is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry Can for I tell you a funny Go ahead, Colin. Okay, I want to tell you a funny story about comparing two airlines. I was never sure whether it was the, what made the difference was the, the difference between the 60s and the 90s, or if it was the difference between working for Eastern in the 60s and working for United in the 90s. Uh-huh. And as, as you know, my husband was a pilot. So when yeah. I uh, started flying with United in the 90s, he came along with me on a trip uh, past road and rode in the cockpit out to California. And <laughs> we get to California and he goes, Boy, you are right. Because every time I come home from a trip, he'd ask, where'd you go? What'd you do? What'd you have for dinner? Where'd you go? Where'd you, the crew go? So we don't do anything. <laughs> we don't go anywhere. We were not allowed to. And he said they took off. They reached altitude. They were flying along. And finally he said, are you guys mad at each other? He goes, why? <laughs> you haven't said a word to each other. <laughs> uh, uh, he, used to, yeah. he used to love to play uh, play games. While he was flying, you know, name that song or yeah, a different uh, character or whatever. So he liked well, to have fun when he was flying. You flight attendants did a lot of that back in the cabin too, didn't you? The trivia and that type of thing. Give away a bottle oh, yeah. of champagne or something. Yeah. I don't know what you were giving away back there, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah uh, several yeah. of my flights Not they the did that. <laughs> Not in United. The 90s, we couldn't give anything away. <laughs> Uh, what I would do is, uh, you know, after going from Miami to uh, Florida with Eastern for years and years and years, when I got with United and went to California, I had my nose against the window looking at the Grand Canyon and all these things I had never seen before. <laughs> but I would, use, I would use the map, and I had this great big huge map was great, and on the back had different trivia things. So I would do it that way. I would ask the passengers to pick out something or if they yeah. knew information about a certain location and but we couldn't really give them much <laughs> yeah. It was just fun. yeah wait you know our early programs that we did on the uh, radio show we did skits uh, about flights that we remembered so well uh, and I did several with Bill Malone going out to Portland Oregon and uh, Timberland Timberline Lodge there, and and we would um, play play act, you know, and uh, it was so much fun to do that. And when we came into range in Seattle, uh, the first officer would make the announcement and tell the passengers about not only the weather there, but Mount Rainier will be off the left or whatever. And uh, it was so much fun to do that because. You know, we used to do things like that, and it was a lot of fun. I might crank some of those trips up again. If you guys will send me a couple of stories, I'll be happy to do the play. But uh, they were a lot of fun. We even did Hop Harrigan, and and Chuck won't let me uh, down. He, he always reminds me, you know, we never did finish what Hop Harrigan found in that crashed airplane. Right, Chuck? That's right. I'm still waiting. <laughs> well, at any rate, uh, I think we got a good show coming up next week, and uh, and I want to encourage everyone to listen Thursdays at three o'clock 
when we do the Reaper Radio Hour, and it's a lot of fun talking about uh, the old time, the old days. But um, we have Mark Porter. Mark, are you with us? Uh, let's see if you are uh, still with us. Yeah, you're here. There you are. Yeah, uh, I wanna I wanna ask you. Well, first of all, I wanna tell you that I saw an ad on Facebook, I believe it was, of the new Eastern Airlines and how they had carried 13,000, over 13,000 stranded people from around the country, around the world. And uh, 18,000? Wow. And they're still still bringing them. And I'm glad that they're... I'm glad they're hitting themselves on the back because that needs to be recognized to get those folks like Martina that we had last week. And right. uh, yeah, most definitely. And Martina wrote a, a note on one of her letters saying that uh, another Eastern flight just brought the next group home from Buenos Aires yesterday. Once uh, one of the families that we befriended in Ushua just came home safely. They came a week behind, believing that the flights will resume later on in April and then in May, so they waited. <clears throat> However, once we got home safely, they had decided to come back as well. So the Eastern brought them home. They landed on time and in good spirits, and all went well, and thank you, Eastern. So that was nice of her to let us know that, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. They did them in uh, the middle of Hang on a second. Okay. Uh, who said Neil? Who was that? Yeah, that was that was me, George. Um, I was yeah, just George. wondering, do you remember who did the Eastern commercials? Because I sent out a bunch of them today, the old ones. I mean, they were they were fantastic. I don't know what advertising well, agency did it. <clears throat> Alexander Scorby did a lot of them, and he was for a while the voice of Eastern Airlines, especially when Disney World cranked up down in Orlando. And uh, so Scorby did a lot of advertising commercials for us. What did you say, Don? Uh, Young and Rubicon in New York did a. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they yeah. came to the islands and I took them around uh, wow. there about two weeks doing uh, brochures and stuff. Yeah, they, they were some great commercials today. Some of them I hadn't seen in many, many years, you know. Yeah. And Mark, yeah. I have a question. What 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 type of equipment is the new Eastern flying? They're flying the seven six seven and um they're about to come out with their seven 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 which are rather young, about fourteen years old. And they do have three seven four seven. Oh wow. So oh. The seven seven sevens will be used for the really long hauls. Um but they're beautiful. The 777s. Yeah, did did they lease them all? No, they bought the. They're going to lease the newer ones, but these aren't leased. These are bought the three, but they they're going to lease the new 777. Well, not new new, but relatively eight years old and stuff like that for Asia and India. Oh, nice. Wow. So that, you know, Neil, that's that's what Carlene flies. She's a, a seven triple seven pilot. Okay, mm. Carlene does. Yeah, all right. Well, we won't say oh, the airline, yeah. please. Yeah, please don't say the airline. <laughs> right, exactly. She didn't want uh, that uh, on the Yeah. The yeah, well, I, I haven't heard the from... The seven painted. Oh, the paint scheme is the beautiful. Color I've mean, seen they still add gorgeous. Right color? Yeah, but my understanding is each aircraft will be different. Yeah. And that's the only problem I have, you know, because if they stayed with the one that just came out with on the on the seven six seven two hundred, then that would be great if the whole fleet was like that. But if you're going to do now one for Ghana and one for Ecuador and Guayaquil and Paraguay and Uruguay and Bolivia, then then that gets a uh, I don't know, gets a little uh, jumbled up, I think. They're going to put any fancy paint jobs on there, like Braniff and. Uh... And I guess uh, yeah. ATA, they, they, they put a fancy paint job on a few, didn't they, Jim? Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. what? 
I say ATA had uh, a couple of uh, one seven five and one seven two. I think that had a mm-hmm. a unique uh, like paint job similar to like Calder put on the brand yeah. ones. Right. Yeah. Right. It was an anniversary paint job or something. Yeah, it was on seven fifty seven for sure. And I think I think uh, Taco Bell, which was a seven twenty seven that was in Mexico, and they messed it all up and sent it to us. <laughs> We called it Taco Bell because everything was upside down and backwards in the cockpit. But when you flew Taco Bell, you had to be alert, man. This is what happens when you same thing they did on the others. This is this is what happens when you give the Mexicans when you give the Mexicans their own telephone company. <laughs> we've we've got some other callers. We've got uh, I think uh, Renee, you're with us. Area code five one nine up there in Toronto. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. Thank you. How's things up there? Uh, well, we're nice. It's 45 degrees here today. Oh. <laughs> you guys are sweating. It's <laughs> <laughs> cold. Oh, golly. Uh, well, good to have you with us. And uh, we've got another area code 770. I don't know who that might be. Maybe Jerry Frost or someone listening in. It's Al Jenkins. Al Jenkins. All right. Always good to hear your voice, Al. Thanks for listening <laughs> in tonight. So far, sounds good. Great. Good. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, we're going to... Uh, has another 763 in the shop right now for maintenance and a paint job in uh, Peru. Seven, seven what? 763. They uh, put that one in. Yeah, 300. They managed okay. to get that one in while they were doing all the rescue attempts with the other aircraft. So that's a pretty amazing job by the CEO. Very good. Very good. Well, I hope they get some good publicity out of yeah. what they've been doing and take advantage of that. Yeah. Big job by Mako. Yes. Yeah, I would advertise yeah. the heck out of it right now. Okay, Dorothy, let's uh, hear what's happening in we have any new members or emails or anything like that we want to talk about? Well, we don't have any new emails, but our next program is going to be, of course, we have REPA on Thursday, so please join us for that. It's always some good readings that Neil has for us, and then following which we'll have the evolution of the airplane, so that's going to be a great program as well. Can't wait to see that. Uh, airplane also, seat. That, seat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, airplane seats, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, the museum in San Francisco has a display, has um, an exhibit that's being put on there, too, as well, for the evolution of airplane seats. So that was very uh, apropos, Neil. Uh, then, of course, uh, we'll have another Eastern Music and History program, and we'll wait to see what Neil has in mind this time. Uh, we enjoyed our uh, Oscar brand, so now we'll have another one that Neil will surprise us with. Um, so that's basically it for tonight. But we do want to mention that uh, the uh, Eastern Pilots Association is our uh, sponsor, our major sponsor, and we, as usual, would like to thank them for their donation each year. It certainly has helped the radio show and uh, anyone uh, around that would care to donate to us to keep our program going, we certainly would appreciate it. Your donation of $40 um, will give you a signed copy of Neil's book, Swings of Many. Um, That's a fun read by Eastern people back in the days of Eastern air transport to the wings of man and America's favorite way to fly. So... You can send your correspondence and donations made out to the EAL radio show to Captain Neil Holland at 9776 San Jose Boulevard, Suite 12B in Jacksonville, Florida, 32257. Uh, Why not be a sponsor by sending your donation to keep our radio voice of Eastern Airlines going alive and well into 2021, folks. So uh, also be sure to check our website. I have a lot of uh, Eastern um, 
information for the uh, Eastern Airlines and all of the uh, rescue missions that they have done on there. So be sure to go to the website, check it all out. We have a lot for you on there, and it's done mainly for you folks, for the Eastern people, to give you some of the memories that you love to, to hear about. So back to you, Neil. Thanks. Okay, hey, thanks, Neil. everyone. Yes, sir. Jim, go ahead. Yeah, everyone probably knows I'm the REPA editor of Repartee, and uh, we've had almost 30, I think, magazines or newsletters returned because uh, they return them to me because uh, most of them are with us that we, oh. you know, we lost them somewhere along the line. A lot of them have died. And, uh, and the problem, right now I'm looking at a stack of those things. It looks like it's about maybe 20 or 30, some odd like that. If anybody wants a repartee newsletter, the first one we ever did was mailed about a month ago. Uh, just let me know. Give me your address, and I will be glad to send you one because i got to get something. So this, this office is stuffed up enough as it is. I need to get rid of some of this stuff. So if anybody wants one, I'll be glad to send them one. Just let me know your address. We got ours. It looks good. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I got mine too. Good. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, glad you got it, Chuck. I gave Chuck an extra one to repartee. I found about four of them in a, somewhere. I don't know where it was. And, and uh, the previous editions, and I sent uh, Chuck. One of those, and also the new repartee newsletter too. And I'm glad you got it, Chuck. Yeah, very, good. very, very, very pretty with the photographs. I was very uh, intrigued about what's going through it. Yeah. All the photos that you had, Jim. You worked very hard on getting those. Yeah. Did Did, did anyone notice the uh, news that came out of Israel? No. No, what? Okay. They will have a vaccine in, they say, two to three weeks on the coronavirus, which means to me that the aviation industry should pick up by the end of the year. Uh, who, they who's found supposed a cure. to have that? Well, the Israelis found a cure for the coronavirus. Oh, okay. And they say in two to three weeks they'll have the vaccine out. It's wow. the distribution of that vaccine that will take yeah. some time. But... Globally, they say probably in a month and a half they'll have it out everywhere. Well, I didn't hear that. No. Yeah, it was it was breaking late this afternoon. If you type in um, coronavirus Israel, something like that, then you'll see the latest blaster across the sky. It's really good because that should allow airlines like Southwest, JetBlue, Spirit to survive because people will get back in those aircraft and the pilots will get their jobs back too. Yeah, very Thanks. sad what the pilots are going through. Well, you yeah. know, Nancy Pelosi on TV tonight talked about being on an airplane, and she had her mask, and she was saying how everybody was really great, and everyone that was on the airplane, including the crew, uh, all had their mask on, and she said she recommends it. So I thought that mm. was really clever, mm. too. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Well, she recommends it. Nobody will probably wear it then. <laughs> well, Mark, nice, thanks, thanks for telling us about this, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, it I just want, wanted yeah. everyone to know about it. Anyone that was That's listening, great. I wanted them to know about it as well. To yeah. give them hope, too. Very good. Okay. Well, we've been cleared to land, so let's bring this L1011 in for a three pointer. Monday, May 11th, when America's favorite way to fly returns to the cyberways, and we talk about what it's all about and the airline business so eloquently stated by Captain Eddie Rickenbacker. I don't care what you cover the seats with, but as long as you cover them with butts. Eddie Rickenbacker, CEO of Eastern Airlines, 
because the designers proudly showed off the seat covers designed for the first turboprop airline liner to be operated in the U.S., a Lockheed Electra. Yes, folks, we're talking about seats, airplane seats. Don't forget to tune in Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time for the Repa Radio Hour. Stories about the pilots of Eastern Airlines. My producer, he's telling me it's time to say goodbye. And this is Chuck Albright signing off on behalf of our hosts, Darcy, Don, Jim and Carrie, Mike, Colleen DeFleece, Mark Potter, and we had George Jen tonight with us too. Neil Holland playing the sign-off music made popular by Merle Haggard, Silver Wings. Headed somewhere in flight They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Good night, Eastern family and friends from around the world. And good night, Eastern Airlines, wherever you are. We love you, Eastern. I love you, Eastern. Good night, guys. Good night, good night Eastern. Good night. And boom, boom. Good night. Banjo. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Shining in the sunlight. Roaring in just. Headed somewhere in flight. Taking you away and leaving me lonely. Silver wings, slowly fading out of sight. Slowly fading. Good night, guys. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.